0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the First Act podcast. This is part two of career strategy, fan engagement, and monetizing your digital presence with Jason Spitz. Jason is an expert in the e-commerce space, consistently providing values to companies including Rhino Entertainment, Maker Studios, Universal Music Group, and 300 Entertainment. Listen in as we break down Jason's unique path exploring consumer products, marketing, fan engagement, and more this is an episode you won't want to miss
1: and now hosted by harry g this is your one-stop shop for hot talk straight from the top whether you're trying to build a job in pop rock or any other artsy schlock here's your top dog with info that can't be bought it's got to be sought so sit back crack a six-pack because we're about to chit chat and rip facts it's the first act podcast
0: So let's actually get into your backstory. So we're going to be talking a little bit today more about career strategy and how you've weaved in and out of the music industry. And, you know, I'd really like for you to share your journey kind of stepping in and out and how this helped you
1: leverage some new skills.
0: Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, what you studied
1: in college? thing so i went to school to major in communication studies in high school i was a debater debate was my number one extracurricular activity i was really interested in communications i was always interested i've always been a, a good writer a good artist and illustrator and really interested in communicating ideas and how ideas communicate person to person internally within an organization and then outwardly from you know one place to an audience this stuff's always interested in me and, you know, persuasion specifically. And I was also really, I was, you know, was a pretty woke teenager in the nineties. It's very into politics. And so I thought my sort of debate and communications and set of personal values and like, you know, teenage uh, optimism sort of coalesced in my mind to be like, I want to go to school. I'm going to study communication studies with a focus on politics. And I want to, you know, work on uh, as a, as a communication staffer or a speech writer, or I want to work at a, a pack or a nonprofit helping to promote their ideals and advocate for the the legislation that they want to get made. I did some volunteering and some uh, internships my like sophomore year in politics that just sort of left me burned out. I mean, it left me you know realizing that wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't the you know the ideals I believed in, but the work wasn't for me. It just left me too burned out. I'm like I can already tell at like 20 that if I do this for 10 years. I'm going to want to just quit and restart my life. Mm-hmm. And so I just sort of took stock of myself and thought, you know, what is something that I could never see getting burned out about that I could always find interesting and engaging and love for the rest of my life. And it kept circling back to the idea of music. Always loved music. Always been fascinated by it. Never had the drive to be a professional creative. But Felt like the communication skills that I had could be put to use in the music industry, in marketing or, you know, PR some fashion. So that's what sort of set me down my path my senior year of college. Once I kind of had that direction, I was lucky that I went to a school, uh, Northwestern University, with a big presence in the entertainment industry, mostly in Hollywood and film, TV but a lot of connections in LA for internships. And so I managed to find an internship at a management company. They managed writers and actors like Adam McKay and Will Ferrell and John Heater from Napoleon Dynamite, which was really hot at the moment. And they also had a music management arm and music publishing arm. So I got an internship there and I was like making copies of scripts and stuff. And then every spare moment, I could go over to the music arm and see like, hey, does anybody need anything? And get anybody a cup of coffee? Hey, head of publishing, can I go get you the newspaper? Hey, artist manager, can we grab lunch? And just trying to like ingratiate myself on that side. I also ended up during that same semester getting uh, a part-time internship at first at Warner Brothers Records in their A&R department. Just, you know, I remember I was like sending promo CDs to a bunch of tattoo shops for a metal band, just sitting in a, in a closet, cranking out labels and slapping them on on mailers a hundred at a time or whatever. That led me to, I got bit by a snake there, but fortunately limped over to, War- to Rhino Records at the other-
0: Limped over. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <You> know, barely, <laughs> barely alive. But Rhino was like, oh, we saw what happened to you. I think we can maybe help you out here and help you finish up your, uh, your internship. And so Rhino's catalog arm of Warner Music Group took me on for the end of the semester. And I was just sort of like a floating intern there, which was great because it gave me exposure to all different areas of the company. And I was just trying to be like the happy warrior. Anything anybody needed, I would just like jump to get it because I, I knew I only had a few short weeks left and I wanted to make as many impressions as I could. So I finished my internships there. And then, you know, a few weeks later in the last semester of my senior year, I reached back out to the head of HR there saying, Hey, I'm about to graduate. Are there any job openings? She said, actually there is, there's a, a new business development division that's doing essentially 360 deals for Rhinos, you know, legacy artists like Frank Sinatra and the Grateful Dead. And these guys you know need an assistant. They need somebody to do their expenses and answer their phones and book their travel and stuff. So that was my foot in the door. I landed that job right when I graduated, finished school. Went to Houston, my parents generously gave me a car as my graduation gift, a little Hyundai hatchback, packed everything I owned in it and drove out to LA and got here July 4th, 2005, my own personal independence day. Nice. And started my job in the industry.
0: Wow. You really walked us through that. That, That's great. So Okay. So Rhino Records. So you did an internship, it was your last internship and then obviously you liked it because no snakes Mm -hmm. and then you ended up getting hired, which was excellent. And you're working, you said, around 360 deals for, for legacy acts.
1: That's right. Yeah, my my bosses were negotiating these deals for, you know, broader rights than just music. These were... Long negotiations with artists and artist managers and lawyers, lots and lots of lawyers. And in the meantime, I was just sort of like sitting on phone calls, trying to soak up as much as I could, you know, learning how to be super diligent and super detail oriented and doing their expenses and booking their travel and just making sure that they got where they needed to be and support them. And after a couple of years of that, they had just finished doing a deal with the Grateful Dead, which brought the Dead's, all the Dead's sort of business entities into Warner Music Group. Yeah. And I had sort of earned my stripes after a couple of years paying dues. And they said, you know, you've earned a promotion. We think you can do more than just answer phones. What are you interested in doing? What areas of this business interest you? And how can we help you elevate to a a manager level uh, role? And this is where it gets a little sort of mystical for me. I don't know what it was that made me sit up and take notice of the Grateful Dead's online store in 2006. But I said, e-commerce seems interesting. How can I help out in the Grateful Dead's online store? And they were like, well, let's figure it out. Because the Dead had been running a store online since the 90s. They'd actually been doing like mail order direct to fans since like the 70s or 80s. They were early adopters of the internet. So they had a robust online store that just needed somebody to like set up new products and manage inventory and just kind of keep the lights on. So I looked at it and I said, okay, I think I can do that. And I just sort of got thrown into the deep end, learned a ton about how e commerce worked. I didn't have any coding background. I got the like computers and HTML merit badge in Boy Scouts. And that's about the furthest extent of my like development and coding knowledge. You know, I knew like what a P tag and a head tag was and I'm not that much more sophisticated in coding anymore now than I I was then. But I learned a lot about how e-commerce systems worked and how information about products, orders, prices, inventory, users and their analytics how all that information flowed back and forth and how it sort of just kept the business moving. And when I go back to data and dollars, like, you know, when I sort of looked at an e-commerce operation from the inside and understood how data flowed, it just sort of made sense. I was like, okay, I, I get how this works. And there was something about e-commerce at the time that made it seem like it was a growth area 2006 like amazon was still around i think they had just launched amazon prime but people were still like it's pre-iphone mobile computing is still just at its like nascent dawn and in terms of music the itunes store was still like the big deal cds had fallen off but it was 99 cent downloads and ringtones that were like the shining star of the music industry. So I looked at the landscape and I said, okay, people are paying less and less and less for recorded music, but they, I looked at the grateful dead store and I just looked at the landscape of music industry in 2006. And then I said, they're still paying full price for t-shirts and you can't download a t-shirt. Right. And I looked at the e-commerce model and the traditional music model. And I saw the old model, the one that fell apart and collapsed was the one where the label made huge amounts of product in bulk, sent it to distributors, distributors sent it to retailers, and fans went to the record store. And the new model of e commerce is artist makes a thing, puts it up on a website, fan goes to the website and pays. And I'm like, okay, fewer middlemen, more of the fan's dollar goes back to the artist, things can get done faster, it's more efficient, and they're still paying for physical products. I think that's an area of the music industry that seems stable and solid and growth oriented. So I'm just going to focus there. You know, I had these insights as I was sort of just sitting in the driver's seat of the Grateful Dead store and learning about e-commerce. And so, you know, I thought, okay, e-commerce is going to be my lane. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I did. And then I got laid off in 2009. Ah, First of four layoffs.
0: What prompted that layoff?
1: Uh, it was 2009. It was post the global economic crash. The music industry was still in free fall streaming. Hadn't Spotify wasn't even going to launch in the U.S. for another three years so it was just every year instead of like, here's a holiday party. It's like, here's the annual round of layoffs. You know, it's going to come. Yeah. It's just inevitable.
0: The industry was really just in like a state of frenzy and like decline.
1: Oh, yeah. Or, or, or so it seemed. Oh, it was. It was definitely from like, you know, 2002 to about 2012. Good 10 year stretch. It was just like, where's the bottom? Nope, not yet. Nope, not yet. Nope, not yet. And so these, you know, these big, huge labels like Warner Music Group, as things got just tighter and tighter every year, there was just going to be more and more layoffs. That's just how it was. And, you know, my time came. I didn't feel any type of way about it because I'd seen my colleagues go in waves every year for the past three years. 40 other people got laid off that same day as me, several of my friends. One of them, we were like playing guitar together at lunch in the weeks prior and we both got laid off and we were like, well, now we have time to start a band. So we did, you know. So it's just, you know, again, that's, that goes back to what I said earlier about volatility is always going to be here in this industry and you got to be prepared for it and just sort of expect it and roll with it.
0: Okay. I have so many questions about what you've been telling us and I want to talk about the layoffs in a moment, but you painted a really great picture of where the money goes. I wanted to kind of ask, where do you feel like your value lies in the intersection of digital marketing and commerce?
1: I always put the fan and the customer first. I believe that if you understand what a fan wants and that there's an artist and someone creative enough to make something that that fan is going to get excited about and that that fan is going to sit up and be like, that's cool. I want that. I need that. That makes me, that would make me so happy to have that. That if you start with that, making a thing that the fan will love and then you go to the next step, which is make that thing for a fair price that the fan is willing to pay and give them a smooth not frustrating online shopping experience so that they they get to check out quickly and then deliver that thing satisfactorily you know and make sure that the customer is happy with what they got or if they're unhappy work to satisfy them and make them happy if you do all of those things the money and the growth will follow you know so i always put my north star at how can we delight the customer and how do we make sure that we satisfy their needs With every step along the way of the transaction that's the you know the the value that i bring how that's created more value for me as a professional is that as the industry has gotten more and more sort of disintermediated from the fan the fans you know go to the streaming services labels they invest in streaming services but it's the services job to make sure that their user interfaces are good to make sure that their prices are affordable make sure that the customer is satisfied with what they're getting the music companies everything's just so virtualized and so digitized that my background in making physical goods and making merchandise in making vinyl and in not just distributing it to the whole world, but building a destination to sell it to an individual person enables me, like there's, there's just, there aren't a whole lot of people in music who are focused on that because those types of fans are a minority. No matter how big your audience is, the vast majority of them are only gonna ever touch your music by streaming it it's a minority, even if it's a large minority, like, you know, 20, 30%, it's going to be less than half of your fans are going to buy a piece of your merchandise or go to a show. But there's an, a huge amount of value in those fans. And those are the fans who want physical goods, vinyl posters, t-shirts, whatever. So I've just decided to focus my value and my skills on those people. Hmm. Yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense. And, and how did you learn this? You, you know, you were talking about how you worked with the Grateful Dead's online store. Like, how did you learn how to set all this up and,
1: you know, move them to being digital? Gosh, man, it's hard. Like, just being interested and hunting down resources. You know, reading at the time, YouTube wasn't even really much of a thing. But I would read blogs and I would listen to podcasts about analytics and digital marketing and e-commerce You know, finding, seeking out who the leading professional voices were. Like, I remember there was a blogger named Avinash Kushik, uh, who was, he might still be out there. You know, he was one of the the biggest voices about understanding analytics, like analytics for marketers and analytics for impact, reading his blog all the time. Seth Godin was big at the time, trying to think of other, you know, other names, you know, reading music industry blogs like Hypebot and Digital Music News, jumping into the comment sections and just trying to learn as much as I could from a layman's perspective. I haven't like taken classes, but you could now. I, actually, that's not true. I, I went to General Assembly when General Assembly first came out. I saw what they were doing. I'm like, that looks cool. I could probably learn a lot there. I went to some open houses. I took a digital marketing course there. And I just started sort of absorbing information from, yeah, from teachers and from thought leaders and then looking at how I could apply it to my work and just sort of putting the pieces together. Self-taught, I guess. Wow. I mean, now it would be, you know, joining a sub stack or uh, reading a medium or subscribing to a YouTube channel. But this, the idea is the same. There are experts out there who are graciously sharing their knowledge. And if there's something interesting to you, just go hunt it down and watch and listen and read until you think you get it.
0: And it led to you getting a promotion at Rhino. But before that, you were an assistant, right? You mentioned that you were an assistant. When you're kind of getting started out, do you think that it's important to be an assistant or do you think that that's a step that could be skipped?
1: I think it depends on the type of work you want to do. I didn't have a specific place I wanted to land in the music industry. I just wanted to get a foot in the door and then see where I wanted to go from there. And if that's your mindset, then being an assistant is a great place to start because it tends to be, you know, there isn't a specific skill set required. There's just, you know, a work ethic and attention to detail. And if you can do those things and you can fill that role, then that gets you a foot in the door to learn a lot while you're on the job. If you want to be an engineer or a tour manager or a graphic designer or some other sort of specific like area, focus area, then going for an entry-level job where you have a some skill that's good enough to be an entry-level graphic designer, then go for that. But like I think it's okay to say, to say, I want to work in this field, but I don't know exactly what I want to do. I don't have the vision to be an AR. I don't have the vision to be a creative director. I don't have the vision to be an, a big, you know, deal-making lawyer. Like if you don't have any of those things, but you're just like, this area is for me, these people are my people, then get an assistant job. Cause that just that just puts you in that world and then sort of search around and And see what you can learn from there and which direction you want to go and and what what opportunities present themselves. Like, I didn't go to Rhino thinking, I'm going to get a job in e-commerce. I went to Rhino thinking, I'm going to get a job in the music industry. And I know I'm a good writer and a good creative, and I have a sense of professionalism about me. So I'm just going to start there and then see what comes.
0: It makes a lot of sense. I started off as an assistant. Well, I did internships and then became an assistant. And then, you know, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. And I ended up taking a lot of internships that I ended up not liking. But then I also ended up figuring out from that, you know, where my passions lie.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of internships for sure, especially while you're still a student because, you know, the stakes are lower can be easier to get them. You know, you don't necessarily need to rely on them for a paycheck if you're in school. Assistant jobs and internships are just huge learning and networking opportunities. Mm -hmm. Hey
0: everyone, just wanted to check back in and shout all of you out who are taking the time to check out the podcast, especially those of you who have been sharing it with your friends and writing me such nice messages on Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you or someone you know has an awesome story that you think should be shared with the world, feel free to write me directly on any of our socials at The First Act Podcast. Until then, stay safe.